They need that social proof, right? They need, they need to know that this isn't going to be a waste of their time. And they're going to do that by looking at social cues around like, who else is in? Why should I care? And can I add value? And can you add value to me? So we just try to like start with, here are all the reasons why people would say no to this. Let's systematically just knock these down so that it's a no-brainer for them all to say, to say yes. Welcome to Top of Mind, a show where we speak with top marketers, creators, and leaders who are shaping the culture around us. I'm Stuart Hillhouse, and I believe that through great marketing, you can earn the privilege of occupying a tiny sliver of your customer's already overflowing brain. Join me today as we learn what it takes to become top of mind. Even in 2020, Trade shows and conferences are still a huge lead generation tool for a lot of businesses. But what makes them special is the ability to connect with others in your industry so that you can really nerd out on a topic. But with conference season inevitably becoming a write-off thanks to COVID, many are trying to figure out how to make the most of digital conferences and summits. My guest today hosted Retain, a virtual summit that brang the best and brightest from the direct-to-consumer marketing world to share their knowledge and expertise. He's also the founder of Malomo. Join me live today. I've got Yao Enning. Thanks a lot for jumping on, Yao. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. I'm pumped to be here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am too, because it was a really cool way to put on a virtual summit. I have only been to a couple of them, but what I really liked about your summit, Retain, was that it was hyper-focused on a specific topic within marketing. And you also really pushed the speakers to be concise with what they wanted to say. Like, I think the speaker slots were only like 25 minutes. Wasn't that how long they were? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we had very short, fast, quick hitting hitting, uh, sessions. And one other thing I thought was really cool was you actually partnered up speakers so that they were co-hosting with another person. Do you want to tell me a little bit about how that came to be and how you decide to structure it that way? Yeah, yeah. So I I was talking with with our team internally about this concept for the the conference. And we're kind of going back and forth about topics and what we thought would be interesting. And we looked at a lot of other events that we had attended. And like, like the conclusion that I came to was that all of the events kind of felt like, especially when there was like a group of companies or a single company putting on the event. Like it was almost like a thinly veiled sales pitch. And, and we thought, you know, you know, at least in the, the direct to consumer space, a lot of these founders and, and brand managers, they share a lot of tools and, and tricks and tips with each other. And it's very kind of influence driven. And so they're, they're talking with each other constantly. So we thought, well, why not, why not just put them as, as like center stage and make them the focus of the conference and so we, we thought it'd be cool for, you know, technology partners that we worked with to pair with some of their favorite brands and have more of a discussion like you and I are having about some of the, the challenges that they were facing and how, how the, the, the partner, the technology partners help kind of work through them. So that was, that was kind of the genesis of bringing the two groups together. Yeah, you're right. Now that you say that, it did have a very Twitter feel to it. Like I've been noticing on Twitter, there's these pockets of people having conversations about specific topics, right? And yeah, one of the main reasons I signed up for it was because one of the people I follow in this direct-to-consumer marketing pocket of Twitter 
which believe it or not exists. I recognized their name and they they promoted your event. And I was like, well, I just want to hear that person speak. And then I went and clicked on it. And I was like, oh, there's three other people of the 18 who I would, who I've been following their tweets and I would love to hear them speak live. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. They're very much so. It was, it was, it was both kind of calculated and uncalculated, if you will, where, where, and I, I can kind of get into the details of like how we strategize around that, but it's very much like, you know, there, there is a microcosm on, on Twitter of, of really smart people. And, and, and we were fortunate to have a couple of them join the conference, which amplified it pretty, pretty well. Yeah. If you're willing to get into the details, I'd love to know a bit about the strategy. So before you even sent out your first request to a speaker or, or even try to figure out what platform to have it on, what, what outcomes were you looking for by hosting this? Yeah. So, so as a company, there, there is, there's a couple of outcomes for us. In in the in the space that we we run in, really like there, there's a there's kind of a, a tech stack that e-commerce brands tend to tend to use and use readily and talk about a lot. And, and these are you know these are high growth brands, right? They're they're typically using Shopify as their e-commerce cart platform, and then they they will they will use other technologies to kind of enhance their customer experience to solve consumer pain points, truly create experiences that make their customers fall in love. And so we as a we're a young company. For the most part, we're we're pretty unknown in the space, except for in a couple of small circles. And so at a high level, my strategy was, you know, we have to in order for us to really build our brand, it's probably a good idea to kind of draft on off of the brand equity of some of these other players who have established names. And I built a lot of like one-on-one relationships. And other people on my team, the same built a lot of one-on-one relationships with these, with these folks. So we thought. You know, if we could bring them all together, we could we could provide a lot of value to the group, but we could also get a lot of value in being associated with these other companies that that we admired. So that was kind of the the early strategy for putting together kind of the initial list. And and so we we are we're a venture back company, and and this idea isn't is it, I, I won't claim any credit for it, but our our, our first investor, he kind of said. You know, once once he committed to our, our round, he said, now go go put together the top five, like your dream list of people that you'd want to be in this round of funding. And let's go like not fish with, with spears and not nets to go get those specific people and bring them on board. So that's kind of the, the way that I think a lot about a lot of the strategies that we put in place, especially for this conference. It's like, who are, who are the top 10 go-to people, both on the technology side and the brand side? And, and how do we make sure that we can associate ourselves with them as a company? So that was kind of the, the initial strategy for figuring out like who, who should be involved. I know. I love that strategy. And I think smaller companies, that's kind of how you need to start. If, if no one knows who you are and you don't have a product, you kind of identify, well, if no one knows, I may as well. It's going to spend the same amount of energy trying to get someone who's not that useful to like me as it would be to get someone who actually both of us can benefit. This can be a mutually beneficial relationship. You're going to put in the effort. So you may as well go for the person that you want to be on your team. Exactly. Right. Like it's going to, it's going to require a lot of resources from your team. I mean, if you're going to do it, make sure that you like you, you kind of maximize your opportunity to, to leverage those things. And so that was a, that, that's an excellent point. Like uh, I think a lot of young companies and in ourselves included, it's it's intimidating to go after some of these folks and think that you know, hey, we're we're a nobody in the space, or we're we're an, a fairly unknown quantity in the space. Like, 
why why would they want to partner with us on an event? And so there's yeah, I, and there's a couple of things that that we did, but I don't I don't want to get too, too far ahead of ourselves. I could talk about those things, but but uh, it, that was a key part. Is like, hey, if you wanna if you wanna if you want your brand to look and feel bigger, you've got to act <laughs> act how you how you want people to perceive you. And and as long as you're doing those things, you'll be surprised like what kind of opportunities get created because of that. So what kind of value did you provide to the guests then? If they have a bigger audience than you, they've got, a, they're running a successful business or they have their own kind of uh, consultancy or whatever they do, what, what value do they see partnering with you? Because yeah. there's a lot of value that they provided you. What did you provide them? How did you phrase yeah. that? A couple of different ways. So it, it takes a lot, a lot, a lot of effort to put on an event, like a lot of effort. I think people, they don't realize like the weeks and weeks of planning. It, it took about two months to kind of put that event together. And so as, as a, as a participant, when it's, it's much easier to kind of join events that are already in motion because you can kind of just, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm game. I've got a presentation that I, that I kind of, it's my go-to. I can just present that same thing. And I just have to show up on this day and be ready. And so, you know, our pitch was we are going to do all of the heavy lifting to make this kind of a, a, a breeze for you to show up and participate. So one of the first things that we did was we chose not to have presentations. They don't have to spend weeks and weeks prepping and, and organizing slides and trying to think through what the story arc is. But this, so the other thing is like this industry is very, it's driven through authenticity, right? So a lot of the brands that we shop from, the reasons w- which we buy from them are because we believe in what they're saying and we feel like we can we can have like a real one-to-one conversation with the brand. Like the brand has its own persona. It's almost like this person that you're interacting with. And so like we wanted to kind of emulate that with the conference too, where it's just two people having a really transparent conversation. It's almost like a water cooler conversation where they're sharing their secrets with their friend and you, you've got kind of a, a front row seat to that conversation. And I think that vibe, like it worked really well. Like it, it got people, I think, really a lot more comfortable. They shared a lot more. And our, and our partners, we got feedback after that. It was, they had a lot of fun. Like, so, so that, that's another key thing, right? So I'll, I'll, circle, I'll circle back to kind of how we, how we made it, how, how we brought value. But, but making sure that the speakers like felt really, really great about the overall experience of the event from pre-planning to execution to post, post-event follow-up. If they're excited, then then there's a higher propensity that they're going to bring us into other digital events that they're working in the future. But, but going back to the value piece of it too, so it's not just the heavy lifting and in, in, in the planning, but it is it's also providing a lot of resources for them to make it easy to promote the the event themselves. So we we created tons of of digital assets. We we pre-wrote you know tweets and LinkedIn shares. We went in and every time one of our partners shared stuff, we, we kind of reshared and added commentary. And so we, we tried to make it really easy for them to join. And then we also, we, we brought our own audience, right? We, we all kind of said, hey, here's, here's, how, many, here's how many people we, we want to target for this event. Here's the persona of these people. We're going to ping our audience and, and each partner, you know, they quote unquote has a, has a quota of what we want them to try to drive to the event so that we're all held accountable. And, and it, it kind of worked out perfectly where each partner drove about the same number of registrants to the event. So they were all pretty excited about that. Yeah, that's, that's, well, that's how I found it. I didn't know about your company beforehand, but one of them promoted it. And I don't know if they used your creative or not, but 
oh, that's super helpful to them because they don't want, they want to know what the angle is too, right? Because they, if you're, because you're trying to attract such a unique persona and a specific persona, you need to be really targeted in your copy. And I wanted to highlight one, one line from your website that I thought was just like really great, just straight up copywriting was, (laughs) if you're curious what the best of the best are doing to retain customers and create a raving fan base in 2020, this is the event for you. Like, come on, it, it's, <laughs> you're, you're telling someone straight up, like if you care about any of these two things I just mentioned, be there or be square pretty well. Yeah. 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 That, that was, that was, I think a, a really key thing for us early on too. So we talked with our team and it was like, cause like there were, there were all of our partners, they kind of each do something different. Right. And and so like our our angle was what what is a what is a topic that is that can can really be all encompassing that each person can kind of have a a like a subject matter expertise around that they could talk about, but also like what's what's an overarching topic that our that our audience is going to like drool over and and there's there's like we look at the higher level narrative that's happening in our space uh, a lot of brands there's they're they've they've hit this growth wall where most of their growth is coming through buying Facebook and Instagram ads. And it's, it's, it's such a topical conversation because there's a lot of risk in that they have to buy growth, right? So we wanted to come up with, an, with a topic of conversation that like really helped solve that problem in their mind, which is retention. How do, how do I grow from just going after my existing customers and creating experiences that, that make them fall in love with the brand and create this, this, this connection that, that enables them to buy more stuff. And so that was like, okay, retention is the thing. Mm-hmm. So the entire event is going to be focused on this one topic and we're going to hit it. We're going to hit it hard from so many different angles so that the, the end, the end user is going to walk away with, I, I have multiple months or years worth of strategies that I can implement to drive my business forward. And so Appreciate you calling out the copy because, man, we, we iterated and tested and, and tried so many variations on, on a lot of that stuff. No, it's good. It's super needed, too, because you, in, in one word, were able to capture a very important worry for a lot of both the brands and the consumers. And then the, the people who are attending were like, well, I've never, maybe I didn't think about retention, but I know it's a topic. Like it gets mentioned as much. If not, it's probably the most talked about topic within a subtopic. And yeah, so you yep. did a really great job identifying your niche that your company plays in, a leveling up from it and saying, okay, what's like an industry problem that people are having? And then picking one specific point from it. Like, I know your product includes uh, kind of shipping. You could have had that whole conference about shipping. Yeah, and it would yeah. have been slightly, you would have had to tweak it and some guests still would have been relevant, but... At the end of the day, what drives shipping is purchases, and what drives purchases retention. So <laughs> yeah. you kind of w- rolled it all together really nicely. Yeah. Oh man, I, I appreciate that. That's good. I love that. the uh, The session I went to, and because I followed both these people on Twitter, was and I can't remember which one of them I found it through, but with Webb Smith and Val Geisler, yeah. and super cool because they'd never met each other. I think they I think they'd spoken like I'm sure they'd connected before the talk. They weren't just going in cold, but yeah. to be kind of a an, a fly on the wall, it was almost like watching a live podcast interview happen. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then the two of them kind of were like, it, it started off being like, okay, we've got a couple of things we want to talk about. And then by the end of it, it was literally like, Hey, well, I've got you here, Val. And then well, <laughs> he would ask her a question and then she would ask him a question because they have totally different businesses, totally different positions in the market and different frames of how it works. So yeah, were there yeah. any, to- were there any t- topics that got touched during the conference that you were really glad kind of rose to the top and became a, a top of people's frame of mind? I mean, that, that one was, that one was really good in that, like, it was cool. Cause like web web approached it from like, how do I, how do I retain my, my newsletter subscribers? Mm-hmm. Right. Which, which like, even though it's not directly related to like selling product, like all of our, all of our uh, kind of customers, like they care about how to drive purchases through email. So like there's nuggets that he could still bring to the table. Yeah. Well, um, his email well, is his product, right? He's an, yeah, it, it, yeah, that's yeah. kind of a new thing we have to figure out is how do you package information and, and remember and sell it as a product? Yeah, for sure. So I thought that was awesome. Another one. So, so common thread collective did, uh, did a cool session around the quiz funnel of like how you could how you could really nail down who your customers are and what they love by having just an interactive really an interactive conversation with them. And so I thought that was really smart. And like it's it's such a like that that is that to me like at surface doesn't seem like it's a retention topic. Then you dig deeper it's like oh I'm I'm actually asking somebody pre-purchase about who they are in order to direct them to the right products. Then I can use all of those answers post-purchase to market to them because I know what they're interested in. Mm. So I thought that one was was really cool and in kind of a unique way. I think it's kind of a novel thing that a lot of people aren't taking advantage of. I think Octane AI did some similar stuff, and they, they're that with their chat bot and how you how you could kind of like how, how do you how do you reveal your 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 brand's persona through an automated chat system and like how do you how do you keep the the voice of who your brand is talking with a customer in that way. So I thought that was also pretty, pretty good session. Yeah. The sessions were super, they were so no, good. they were all really good. The sessions were so fast paced. What did it feel like to you being the mon- the moderator and the organizer and the, the leader of it and having all these people who you, who you admired, what did it feel like to have the whole, the whole session come together and, <laughs> My my nerves were going when we started. I mean, because the we we'd run several events, but this one was like the first where it was like this is a large scale. These are really important people, and we if we mess up, like this is this is not going to look good for us working with these people going forward. So I had I mean multiple people on my team. I can't take credit for a lot of it. Multiple people on my team: Eddie, Megan, Cat. They all did a ton of work behind the scenes, just make it look and feel like it was it was super seamless. And so Eddie, Eddie did a lot of stuff with the t- technology side. We used a, we used a platform that we never used before. And there's some like really like weird transitional things to make sure that like everybody is set up in the right way and felt like they were, they, they had everything, all the technology working in the right way. And so that, that was really key is, is like somebody was just hundred percent focused on this one thing during the conference so that mm. somebody else could focus on other stuff. We had, we had, and then we had a couple of people on my team who were just like watching all the sessions and then they're sharing little nuggets throughout the day, which was also really important. So I, I got to do the easy stuff, which is kind of just show up, talk when I needed to talk and then, and then go to the next one. So the it, face. It, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. What was the, what was the platform you used? We used Hey Summit. Hey Summit. Yeah. Yep. 
And so it, Hey Summit's cool because it's it's like it it I mean it's built for virtual conferences where it, it plugs into Zoom. So like each 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 session is kind of its own talk. And so you kind of you have to that was the hard part was you 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 and I would be on this Zoom call, we'd have to end it and then jump into a new one to start the next session. And so that was a little it's a little bit like disjointed. But but behind the scenes, hey, someone was great because it did a lot of like the registration, the the promotion, the analytics of the the attendees. Um, so it worked really well. Nice. What's something that you learned during the from the summit that you've implemented in your own business? Oh man, that's good. So I forget who talked about this, but but um, I'm trying to remember who talked about it. But it was it was a lot around like how do you like we're selling, we're selling to people, right? How do you, how do you build relationships with, with individuals and, and really care for them? And that's, that's really how you like the, you have to do the things that don't seem like they're, they're driving retention to actually drive retention. Can you <laughs> so give me like, an example think, of what doesn't, can you give me an example of what doesn't feel like it drives retention, but actually is effective? Yes. So like on one, on, actually on my session, our, our customer sold de Janeiro they they included little like gift size products of some of the some of like their new products or they knew like if a customer didn't buy something they would include this little gift size sample for free it's like a super nice touch where it's like i'm oh this is cool i like they 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 think about me they care about me they want me to like understand like what else is in the product portfolio and if i get that product and i love and i really love it it's obviously a cost on their end but it might drive a whole new adoption for this product line that they're, that they're launching. And so mm. I think that was really good. We actually, and this, again, not my idea, Eddie, this is Eddie's idea. So we, we used that play after the conference and we sent all of the speakers uh, a gift and they loved it. They absolutely went nuts for it. And they, some of them shared it on social and that that's great brand equity for us. And so like that, that stuff is like, well, that doesn't like, that's not scalable <laughs> um, at all. But I think it like sets the tone of our brand uh, of like one that, that, that cares about people. And, and we hope that those, those interactions lead to those people talking more about us on our behalf, right? mm-hmm. which drives new acquisition, which gives us another opportunity to engage those people in unique ways. I was even thinking that's almost a cool way of, if you say, say you're going through like a checkout sequence and then the person, you try and upsell them a product and they say no you then include a sample of it in the thing being like, we know you didn't buy the full bottle. So maybe you just want to try the little one and then you give them yeah. the little one. And then next time, then at least there's some familiarity and they might even consider buying the whole a big bottle. Yeah, that's really good. I love that a lot. Yeah, hard to trace, but uh, hard, hard to attribute it to that. But <laughs> nothing, nothing wrong with a few little freebies here and there. Exactly, right? One of my friends told me this, like, you have to look at business as if like, you are trying to date somebody, like, what would you do to, to like, win someone's heart, right? It's like those little, those little acts of kindness, those little like surprise and delight moments where somebody's just not expecting it. I think that's like, that, that that's a great idea of that. Like, it's just like, oh, I was not expecting that. Like, I, that was really thoughtful. They were kind of thinking about me there. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So now that the now that you've had a, about of a month to decompress post summit, what are some of the results that you're allowed to share with us about how it went? And you can kind of quantify that in any way you you feel comfortable. Yeah, for sure. So we had we had several hundred attendees. Just it was like our biggest event that we've ever thrown yet. We've we've driven new business from it. 
we 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 have gotten asked as as people looked at the conference to join other conferences, which again was like was like part of the part of our goal was to be like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna do this conference with other partners, and they're gonna bring us into their events. We didn't think that there's a second order effect where people looked at us and be like, oh man, that was that was really well run. Like, please include us in your next conference, and you've got stuff coming up. And so like we got a lot of inbound, not just from like customers, but but partners that we can work with in the future. So that was that was really, really good and unexpected as well. But again, like we would given the like the level of effort to the outcome, like we were still we're we're planning to do a lot more of these events in the future. So it's it was a really good, really good um, outcome for us. Planning on doing more digital ones? Yes. Yeah. For right now. But I mean, like, especially in the direct consumer world, like those comp- those these are internet businesses, which I think is is really an ad an advantage of figuring out digital networking early in the game, especially yeah. like if you're starting a company and that that is your marketing until you build out a marketing department or whatnot. Yeah, yeah, that's that's very true. Look, I I do feel like like the conferences that succeed, like figure out a way to build community before they they get to somewhere in person, mm. if you will. Like it's, it's like things that you're doing, right? You're, you, you might, you launch this podcast, you build a good, uh, a good audience around it. And, and, and with one, with one email or, or one message to your audience, you can say, Hey, we're, we're, we're holding an event here and you can, you can drive some good in person. But I think, I think you're right. Like if you can master the, the, the digital and like be able to reach people anywhere, it's a good stepping stone to getting to kind of that that in-person large event like a shop talk or yeah what have you yeah well you're in an interesting space too because you're correct me if i'm wrong but your company's technically like a b2b like you're selling to businesses who are selling direct to consumer yes so, so <laughs> it's cool for you because you don't necessarily need to figure out mass blast emails or facebook targeting because you're actually not going after the end consumer but they are. So by you putting together a conference, it's all about their consumer. The positioning is really good there. For sure. hundred percent. What was, what was something unexpected that you learned or, or that came as a result of the conference? Let me think. I mean, so that, that I mean, what I, what I shared before around like getting, getting asked to join other conferences and, and getting asked to partner with others on conferences was probably the biggest, the biggest unexpected outcome. Like I think like again, like we're we're really trying, like as a as a young company, to try to build like our 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 own brand, and and in in doing so, like it, it opened up a lot of opportunities to kind of continue to expand expand our brand in ways that I wasn't thinking about or expecting. So that was probably the the biggest unexpected thing. The other thing too, I'd say is, so th- you you might find this interesting. So when we were first thinking through the strategy for this me and me and eddie and my team like we talked a lot about like these are some big names like how are we going to like knock these down so like we thought very strategically about like the order of the asks and and how we approached people and so so we first went like i i put together just this one page document that like had just the 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 narrative of what we wanted the event to be so it's like who is this for? Like, what is the purpose of this? Why will people care? Who are we targeting? So it's like, I didn't have all of these people like who had committed yet, but I said, here are the people that we're, we're hoping will join the event. 
and and we 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 did some cold outreach to to a couple of folks, but we also tried to leverage some of the partners that we'd worked with before. And so like we try to just like, okay, here's the list. Let's go after the people that we know, pitch the concept, let them know who else we're targeting, kind of build a little bit of like social proof in that, get them to commit, and then use those commits to knock down others. And so like that's kind of like the strategy that we use to get some of like the the bigger what we felt like the bigger names in the in the space at least on the technology partner side mm. and then and then we we really you know once we had like a group of really great people like our last ask was to val into web where it's like it, it'd be hard to go to them at first but like, hey we've got this conference and like who are you like why should i care about you but when we've got eight partners who are who are well known in the space we're all saying yeah we're we're in this it's a lot easier to go to them and then, and then the last thing was like asking them to bring on their favorite brands. And they, they, they brought on some really good, well-known brands, which also kind of helped in the credibility of the entire event. So like the, the unexpected thing, the other unexpected thing for me was just like, I was not expecting that group of people to all say yes. But I think the strategy that we went with, like literally, I think we only had one, one person, one tech partner who said no, just because of timing. So like we we got all of the all of the kind of the top tier ones on our list that we wanted to work with. So I thought that was that was unexpected. Like we were yeah. <laughs> we were not expecting that. You can't really know until you do it. And yeah, bringing exactly. on guests is kind of a chicken and egg situation because people won't say yes until they know who else is there, but no one else will say they're going until they know who else is going. Yeah, exactly. They need that social proof, right? Mm-hmm. Like they need they need to know that this isn't going to be a waste of their time. And they're going to do that by looking at social cues around like who else is in and, and why should I care? And can I add value and can you add value to me? So like we just try to like start with like, here are all the reasons why people would say no to this. Like let's systematically just knock these down so that it's like a no brainer for them all to say, to say yes. Yeah. What are, what was a lesson learned and something you'd want to do differently next round? So, oh man, we were pretty aggressive with our timing oh so there's two things we're aggressive with our timing in that like i came to i so the idea literally this is gonna sound like such a cliche the idea came to me in the shower one night i was like like i was trying to think of an event is like every, like what 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 is like one one thing that i want people to know about our brand it's like oh we we help with retention i was like oh okay well maybe we could build this whole concept around this and like and so like i I had that idea in maybe late March, early April. I'm like, okay, well, we can we can get the partner secured and run the event in four weeks. That was the that was the goalpost that we set, and missed that miserably. <laughs> like, totally underestimated. Like, trying to convince people to join and like the number of conversations you got to have around this. Eddie was like communicating nonstop with the group about just updates and and generally like we had pre pre-meetings with everybody to talk about strategy for, for the event. And, and we didn't like that, that kind of surfaced as we went. It was not something that we, we thought much about. And so we, we fortunately, like we had to push back multiple times because we hadn't secured all of the, all of the speakers. And we thought that that would like, that would create a little bit of doubt in the people that were committed. So like, Oh, they can't get the entire event together and, and do something on time. So I'd probably give ourselves a little bit more time to execute something now that we know the effort. <laughs> then the other thing, the other thing was these sessions were super short. Like they, like you said, they were like, it was great because it's super fast paced, 
But I wish we would have left a lot more time for people to ask questions because we were getting a lot of really good questions after sessions. And I felt like we didn't really get a chance to unpack a lot of that stuff. So I, I like, I'm not sure how we tackle that. So we, we, we wanted to time the event between hours that we felt like both the West and the East coast, like it'd be working hours. So we chose noon to five Eastern and with, with 17 speakers, like it's hard to like get that many people in with enough substance and time. So I don't know how we, how we do that next time. Maybe do a two day conference. But that, that's probably the second big takeaway is trying to give more time for stuff like that. Yeah. Right on. What, what advice would you have for anyone who's exploring the idea of putting in a huge amount of effort to put, a, put on a, a digital <laughs> conference? I think you've emphasized that it's, you, you, didn't, you didn't just call it hard. You said, no, 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 it's hard. <laughs> yeah, it is, it is hard. It is, it is no joke. Like it, it does look, and, and like we thought this because we looked at other people's events and like, I mean, you just get a couple people together and, and like you, you send a couple of emails and tweets. It was, it was hard. I'd say like to try to think, try to think through like every little part of the conference ahead of time. I think like you, you have to think about like the story that the conference is trying to tell and not just like, I want this speaker. I think it's really important to like, think about like, what is the story arc of this entire event? Then you can kind of go to who, who, who should care about this and why from an audience perspective. And then you can kind of like think back into like who, who should be involved. But I think, I think that probably the best thing that we did was really create that first, that first document that laid all of those things out and thought really like really hard about like, how do we, how do we get these people to like say yes to us? So I think, yeah, I think, I think that stuff is really important. The other thing is like, it's hard. <laughs> I don't know if I said that. It's it's hard. Yeah. I would I would advise don't go it alone. Like try try to work with other people to to do the, the heavy lifting with you. Worth it though. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Really appreciate you sharing with us. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on. This is a blast. Appreciate it. Right on. Cheers. If you enjoyed anything that you just heard, you're gonna absolutely love what I'm about to tell you. If you go online to stuarthillhouse.com and hit the subscribe button, you'll be added to an email list where I share exclusive content related to this show. This is where I'm going to share my key takeaways from each episode, including my highlights, top of mind takeaways, and next steps that you can do to put this advice to action. I also share some real life breakdowns of marketing campaigns that I'm seeing around and how I'm using it in my work. So head on over to stuarthillhouse.com and hit the subscribe button to get your first email. Looking forward to seeing you there.